0: Let us pray. Almighty God, our father in heaven, here we are again before thee and we come confessing our weakness, our frailty, our folly in our old man and in our flesh. And we pray that you will bless us now and enable us, empower us by your spirit, through the Lord Jesus Christ, that our sacrifices will be made acceptable through him unto thee. We love thee and adore thee. We bless and praise thee. There is no one like thee. There is no faithfulness like thine. There is no love like thine. There is no truth like thine. And we have tried to express those things thus far, and we have some more things to express to thee. Hear us and bless us. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. amen. There is every reason... To celebrate God. Right. He loves celebrations. He loves being celebrated. He expects to be celebrated. And there's every reason to do so. He expects it as we've already covered. He commands it because he tells us in the Bible. I know that some of you have used this verse before. In fact, someone used it with me very recently. Psalm 50 in verse 15 and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. Call on me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. We of all people, for unique spiritual and carnal blessings, owe him the most. That's back to that passage that says, If you do not serve me with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, I will put a yoke of iron on your neck and the want of all things until I've destroyed you. That was his word to the Old Testament church of Israel. There is no other God. There is no person or thing that you know that has any virtue for praise in comparison to Him. So there's every reason to celebrate God. We are spiritual beings. Our greatest pleasure is worship of God, a spirit. There is a spiritual part of us that is not this body at all. It is very different from this body, and the two of them go together to make us a complete package. But there's a spirit in us, and it is empty. It is forlorn, disappointed, frustrated without walking with that God as my father prayed in the first service. Enoch walked with God, Noah walked with God, and God told Abraham to walk before him. Abraham was the friend of God. That's the personal relationship we can have spirit to spirit with God. In heaven, we won't have this companionship of a spouse. It disappears because it's not important in comparison to our relationship with God while we're here, it's important and our other relationships with others are important. But Jesus taught the woman of Samaria that God is a spirit and they that worship him need to worship him in spirit and in truth. There's every reason to celebrate him. And if we thought for just a moment about ourselves and what we've derived from him, which I've tried to minimize today so that we focus more on him. And I hope you understand that difference. It's like when they ask an athlete after a, a game that he's done so well at, they'll ask him about, what do, you, what do you have to say about such a great performance? And, you know, he'll. I just want to thank God for making me so great. You know, it, that just doesn't ring well. And so we got to be careful about that. But there's a, there's pr- the Bible is full of praise for what God's done for his people. But there's another element of it that we don't emphasize very much and we're taking the time today to do that and that's to exalt God for who He is and what He has done outside us. A a beautiful passage about what He's done for us is Psalm 103. Do you ever shout these words? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. And then it goes on to list several of those benefits. So that's part of praising and celebrating God as well. But today, we want him to see not unto us. As David would write, not unto us, O Lord, do we want any glory? And we are not concerned about the things you've given us. Because if you took them all away, we hope that we would be like Paul and Silas. Down in a prison, in a dungeon, in Acts 16. What were they doing? Singing and praising God with what kind of a voice whispering with a loud voice because it says all the prisoners heard them. They were bleeding. They'd been whipped. They were naked. They were manacled in the innermost prison and they're praising God. We can do it in any set of circumstances. You understand geometric compounding or the growth of something when you have one factor times another factor. This factor is measured along the x-axis. Another factor is measured along the y-axis. And as the two of them change, you've got this little section over here that changes. It's the result of a product of both the x-axis and the y-axis. It's a compounding geometric effect of improving factors. But how many dimensions can we think of that we have blessings on in America? You know, how many dimensions can you think in? If I gave you a cube, could you think in three dimensions, Shane? What could I give you to think in four dimensions? What? Then we got to think of time or place. You know, I let you stand out in the yard with your three-sided, three-dimension cube. What do we have in America? A hundred dimensions, including spiritual, including carnal, including national, including natural, domestic, every, all kinds. When you multiply them by each other and the improvement that we've had over others. That God has blessed us so abundantly, it is incredible. Amen. And it's 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 a study in itself. And it's just more than this. If you are not the most blessed being in the universe, it's your own foolish fault. Right. Why can't you be the most blessed person on earth? He's saying, Well, this in my life just isn't what I wanted it to be. Really? Why isn't it? If you have God and know Him, does it really matter, the other things? Can't you be the most blessed just by knowing God? I wasn't really asking you to to measure your spouse or to measure your house. If you know God and He knows you and He has regenerated you and convicted you, we are ahead. You're the most blessed in the universe. Lord, thank you for revealing thyself to us. Who is like unto the Lord our God? What is it to celebrate God? It's to adore, bless, boast, extol, honor, praise, and worship him joyfully and passionately. Look at Psalm 34. Psalm 34, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Let us boast in the Lord about his greatness. And it lifts up the spirit of the humble. And I hope that today will lift you up and those sitting around you. Psalm 34, the first three verses, I will bless the Lord at all times. Let's do that. That is celebrating Him at all times. That's a constant party. He that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. And this is a truly merry heart because circumstances cannot touch this heart because this heart is set on fire by knowing God. And so you can celebrate and have a continual feast every day. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall... Be in my mouth whenever the pastor calls for a celebratory service. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. What a great three verses. Right, Deborah? I know that about you in these three verses. I remember a few things. These are beautiful verses. Magnify the Lord with me. How do we magnify him? A magnifying glass makes something bigger. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't make God any bigger than He is. So what does it mean to magnify Him? It's to talk about Him, to make Him bigger in your mind, right. to make Him bigger in your heart. We should talk about His greatness so we, we are reminded of how great God is to affect our lives. Delight thyself in the Lord is a sermon that was, has been preached to you in the past. It's Psalm 37 and verse 4. You're so close to it. Delight thyself also in the Lord. It has the word also because faith is in verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. There's faith and there's good works. There's obedience. There's practical righteousness. Trust in the Lord and do good in verse 3. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, that's a whole lot more than getting fed and dwelling in the land. And it comes from something God loves, and that's to celebrate Him. Learning is not celebration, but a reason for celebration. The reason we want to learn more about God and learn more about the doctrine of salvation is to celebrate Him more, but learning itself is not celebration. Learning should result in celebration. Can we think of an example in the Bible where they learned something? Nehemiah! Nehemiah Oh, yes. Because they understood the word of the Lord, and they celebrated because of that. But in in churches, even where there's a lot of doctrinal knowledge, they don't celebrate. Let's just go to Romans 9 again. Well, I know we went there last Sunday and last month and last year, but let's go to Romans 9 again. No, I'm not asking you. I'm, I'm mocking There's a place for Romans 9. But what is the effect of Romans 9? Right. Let's make him the potter. Let's talk about him being the potter. Let's get a piece of pottery and break it. And say that, that when you want to ask a question about God, why he did this or why he did that, God said, let the potsherds of the earth argue with the pot of the earth. That's Isaiah. I just like that. But that we celebrate God. It's got, there needs to be a result to preaching and that's to celebrate God. Celebration is not receiving something, but rather giving something. It's giving praise to God. Number 156 in your Burgundy hymnals. Burgundy, number 156. Do you understand what we're doing today? We're giving him the calves of our lips just like he preaches in both Testaments. We're doing it by preaching, by singing, and by praying. We have 12 segments of preaching, 12 segments of singing and including 12 prayers by 12 different brothers that wrote me and volunteered. We are giving him what he wants. He does, not want, he does not want fancy stained glass. Building committee, he does not want a fancy building. He wants what we're doing right now. And we could do this in a catacomb, in a cave, in the woods, in a barn, or in whatever you have for us coming up in the next year. This, this is what we need as a church. and We don't need to do it every Sunday. Well, A little bit of it every Sunday. But uh, we're giving. I'm very excited to be a member of this church and to give God what he wants. And I don't care what anyone else thinks about us. We do not have a liturgy, but we have a God and we have a Savior and we love him. 156,
1: please. Almighty Fortress.
2: Father in our God, we bless and praise thy great name. Yes. What name is there besides Jehovah, the I am that I am, yes. the self-existent, independent, eternal God? Amen. We do praise yes, thy great name and give thee much thanksgiving for who thou art, yes. O Lord our Father. Yes. All glory and honor, dominion power belongs unto thee, O Lord, our God. We are small. We are undone. We are full of sin. We are dark and cold inside, O Lord, so often. And thou alone art holy, just, and right. Thou art thrice holy, O Lord, our Father. Thy holy beasts around thy throne do day and night Proclaim thy holiness, holy, 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 Lord God almighty, and we do praise thy name. Our Father, we are so insignificant in time, but thou art he that doth inhabit eternity. We are so small and insignificant in this life, O Lord our God, so small, so pitiful, but thou dost fill the heavens and the earth, and we praise thy great name. Our Father, the the accomplishments of our life are but as nothing, but thou hast made the worlds and created the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that in them is, and we praise thy name for thy creative genius and might and power. Our Father, we do acknowledge that thou art incomparable, in all thy ways. You ask, to whom shall ye compare me? And you are without compare. Thou art the great Jehovah. Thou art Lord by thyself alone, and we do praise thy name. Thou art the Lord Jehovah, and besides thee there is no Savior. And we acknowledge that this day. Our Father, we bless and praise thy great name. All praise belongs unto thee. Hear us in our prayers. Our Father, we acknowledge that this is the purpose for our lives this day and every day, that we might sing thy praise and worship thee and acknowledge thy greatness. Hear us, we pray. See our efforts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, Paul. Exodus 15. In your Bibles, let's look at a few examples of celebration. Exodus 15 is one of the chapters suggested last evening for you to read in the preparatory email. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. And spake, saying, it's the first verse of Exodus 15, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. And it just goes on. And Miriam took up a a timbrel and let a dance as the waterlogged bodies of the Egyptian soldiers came up on shore and they celebrated that great victory. And it says in verse 20, Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, which means she's the sister of Moses, took a timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. And so there we have an example of corporate celebration of the church in the Old Testament. We could go to Judges 5, where Barak and Deborah led a song about their victory over the Canaanites. And who is the woman that's mentioned in that song? Jail. Jail. Jail for putting a tent stake through the head of Sisera. Oh, yes. Why is that chapter in the Bible, folks? Romans nine is not the only chapter in the Bible. Judges five is in the Bible, and it's a song, and what it's a celebratory song of celebrating the greatness of God. Right. David led Israel in joyful celebration, moving the Ark of the Covenant to a resting place. Second Samuel six is given to us to tell us about that, and Chronicles tells us as well about that service. Nehemiah led Israel. In joyful celebration after Ezra's preaching service in Nehemiah chapter 8. They drank the sweet and ate the fat. And we're to celebrate it, we're not to mourn. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Joy is better than duty. Passion's better than duty. Celebration is better than duty. Triumph. The the motivation of a fervent, passionate heart excited in celebration and joy is the strength of the Lord to us. And so we were taught that there when Nehemiah told the people, do not mourn. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Be excited and celebrate. You know, I didn't arrange a fatted calf feast because the Lord did not arrange today's activities until late in the week. And it was a rough week to schedule places so we don't have a fatted calf feast for the whole church. But you are welcome to have a little mini one on the way home. Oh, we'll get to that in a moment. Food's part of celebrating. Right. You don't have to overeat to celebrate with food. It's just to have something that you ordinarily don't. Like a piece of toast. But David led Israel in celebration. He danced with all his might. We know it so well, we know it so well, but how do we show that? How do you show that you're like David? How do you dance? How do you show that same spirit that David had? These are the examples of corporate celebration in the Bible. Hezekiah led Israel in a great Passover. I called it the greatest Passover in your preparatory. It wasn't the greatest Passover because a few kings later, Josiah had the greatest. Hezekiah's was two weeks long. The Passover was ordinarily a week but it was so good. He asked the people, how would you like to do this for another week? So they extended it out for a two week Passover. So it was special and it's right. But Josiah led one that second Chronicles 35, five chapters later said was the best that had been celebrated corporate worship. And there's these whole chapters in the Bible telling how many animals were slain to feed the people there, who the singers were, and how they sang and rejoiced and praised the Lord and took days off from work to be dedicated to this task of celebrating God. Corporate celebration described in the Bible. How about Revelation 5? Is that corporate celebration? That's church celebration. How about Revelation 19? Is the whole church shouting hallelujah as Jesus Christ appears on a white horse dripping with the blood of his enemies? The New Testament You say, what about the New Testament? They had feasts of charity. The Lord's Supper itself is called a fast. It's called a feast. Now, we don't eat very much because you don't have to eat a lot. It's the purpose of the eating, and it's called a feast. Let us therefore keep the feast, not with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And we're going to do it next Lord's Day. 1 Corinthians 14 describes the Corinthian church getting together. Every one of you, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a prophecy, hath a tongue. Listen, folks, you need to do it decently in an order. And so that's what we're doing because it's all been laid out by our liturgy. But we wrote our own liturgy, but we're doing it decently in an order. And so we have 12 different men praying, 12 different little segments of preaching, 12 different songs that we're singing carefully selected to glorify God. And so we have examples of corporate celebration in the old and new Testament. We have individual examples. David wanted to build a temple to God. He wanted to build God, a house, a special palace to be exceeding, magnifical. That was how he celebrated. He wanted to give something special to God. What have you given special to God? David celebrated the giving by the princes for the temple. 1 Chronicles 28, remember those wonderful words in 1 Chronicles 28? Turn over there. Let's just read one or two of them. 1 Chronicles chapter 28, David is near death. He has gathered for the temple, and the princes have gathered for the temple. It's 1 Chronicles 29. Listen to this blessing, starting in verse 10. Wherefore David blessed the Lord... What has happened here, David has gathered an enormous amount of gold, silver, brass, and iron himself, but then the princes of Israel gave some very large gifts of their own. And when David saw their liberality, which didn't really approach his all that much, but he was king, he had this blessing. Verse 10, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness, and the power, and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty, for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Taking none for himself, though he was king, he gave it all to God. The kingdom was the Lord's. The power was the Lord's. Everything was the Lord's. Right. If you go to Deuteronomy 32, you'll have a song of Moses, where Moses sang a song to Israel about the greatness of God. Deuteronomy 32, you listen to Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Jonathan Edwards takes his text from Deuteronomy 32 from the song of Moses, verse 35 Their foot shall slide in due time. That's part of a song. Do you know where that song is resurrected? in heaven. Revelation chapter 15. They sing the song of Moses and of the lamb. Amen. Look at Romans 11. Romans 11. Our brother David used a verse of this this morning already. I'm showing you individual men celebrating. The apostle Paul could not write very many paragraphs before he would start celebrating in the midst of his writing. Why are there amens in the middle of Paul's writings? Because he's had a burst of praise. He's celebrating. And here's one of his celebrations. It's at the end of Romans 9, 10, 11, which means it's at the end of Romans 8, 9, 10, and 11. Notice verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches of both of the wisdom and knowledge
3: of God. <laughs>
0: Amen, brother! <clears throat> what is that uh, punctuation mark at the end of... Oh, so I shouldn't read it like that? Are there two in this verse?
4: Amen.
0: Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments! and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Amen. Now that's in the middle of a letter. Is that polite? Just to lose track of who you're writing to and to go off like that? That is celebrating. And those exclamation points are punching the air. And they're blessing and praising God. And it's an amen. Okay, I'll get back to what I was saying to you, church at Rome. You know, someone had to read this to them. "To To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, I've tried to come and meet you, and then he loses it in the middle. This is not the only time. Look at 1 Timothy, nope. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be glory and majesty forever and ever. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Before Jesus Christ, who witnessed a good profession before Pontius Pilate, which in his times he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. In the middle of letters, celebrating. Oh, let's be like this. Red hymnals, number 53 to the Lord. Brethren, you are offering sacrifice of praise to the Lord the way he has ordained in the New Testament. Number 53 in the red hymnals.
5: After we sing this hymn, I'll ask my brother Colin to come offer prayer. Number 53.
1: Praise to the Lord the
6: Father, Lord God of Heaven, to whom will, will you, to whom will we liken you, or who who could be equal as unto you, O Lord God, Father? There is none. Father, we cannot compare you to any other being, Father, because you have created all things. Father, you created the angels, and you have to condescend to them. Lord, you have made yourself most glorious, and we want to make you most glorious this day in our thought and our words. In our speech, Father, I pray that you would help us to this end. Lord, all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. You do according to your will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay your hand or say unto you, what doest thou? Father, thank you for being so glorious. Lord, you are the most high being, and there is none like you. We cannot... We cannot create an image, we cannot make a graven image that, um, that does you justice, nor can we paint a picture that looks like your son, oh, Father, because great. you are above all these earthly things. Yes. Lord God, you, you were in a fire, in the, in the burning bush, and you, he, he could not look at you. Father, we cannot look upon you because you are pure and you are holy, and yes. you are also above all of us. You are above all inhabitants of the earth, both, both past, present, and future, and create including Nebuchadnezzar, who was one of the greatest kings. Yes. Father, we let, thank you and we love you yes. for you making yourself high above all and for you having no rivals whatsoever. Father, you are most glorious and you are most glorious in our hearts today. Yes. And as senior sons, let me pray. Give me thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Colin. What does celebration include? It requires
0: praise and worship directed toward God, usually outward, verbal, Public singing is a large part of celebrating God by looking at the Bible examples of it, and I'm not going to turn you to all the verses about singing, especially in Psalms. But even in the New Testament, we find music in the New Testament church. It's singing, singing with a, with melody from our hearts, singing in Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and so that's a part of it. We can find many mentions of singing in the Book of Psalms. But we also find there in Psalm 47 clapping. We find dancing. We find shouting. And I've shared some of those verses with you already. We find fatted calves being slain. We find loud noise, food. David sent everyone home to celebrate the goodness of God and the greatness of God with a loaf of bread, a good piece of flesh, and a flagon of wine. 2 Samuel 6:19. There's feasts of charity in the New Testament. There's a fatted calf feast mentioned by the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke 15, Abraham and Melchizedek sharing bread and wine, eating their meat gladly from house to house in the New Testament church. Acts chapter 2, having little mini fatted calf feasts because they ate their meat with gladness from house to house. Nehemiah eight, They ate the fat and drank the sweet. And they made great mirth. mirth. That's part of celebration. Some of the most sober scriptures in the Bible were read to them. They understood them. They realized they hadn't kept them. Yet they were told to celebrate because they understood God's word. And they were supposed to make great mirth. So there is is an aspect of our church that needs to be worshiping him with reverence and godly fear. Hebrews 12, 28. There is an aspect of our church that needs to have a mirthful, glad adoration of him. Do you know how many times in praise praise to the Lord the Almighty that you just sang... It mentioned gladly adoring him, glad adoration. And so there should be that mirth, that excited, cheerful, thankful, happy, celebratory type of spirit toward the worship of God as well. You must use your mouth and your tongue. Look at Psalm 16 and verse 9. We went over this recently because Peter in Acts 2 quoted Psalm 16. Psalm 16, about your glory. You have got to get words out. And you've got to say it. And if we all did more of it to each other about the greatness and glory of God, it would cover all the little things that we think are going wrong in our lives. Psalm 16:9. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. So it's a part of you. Your heart is glad, that's part of you, and my glory rejoiceth. That's your tongue. Psalm 16, 9. Look at chapter 30. Psalm 30, and verse 12. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee. Now David had glory because he was a king. Is David's glory because he was a king going to sing? No. It's still talking about that thing in your mouth to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O oh Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Amen. That's the spirit that we all want in this church. We do not want to be ordinary. I do not want you to be an ordinary Christian, have an ordinary family, or have be part of an ordinary church. Let's be exceptional. Not because we're exceptional, because God's exceptional, and he has had mercy on us and convicted us about things that other churches don't care about. He's been very good to us. And let's return it to him. Let's use that glory. There's other references that I could turn you to, but uh, that's enough. Dancing with all your might like David. What do you do at home to involve your body in the worship of God? Do you ever jump around? Do you ever beat the steering wheel? Do you ever shout? Do you ever clap? Lord! Amen. For everything. I've mentioned salt. Salt. A PR at the gym yesterday morning.
2: So what?
0: I know I've got one leg in the casket and the other's on a banana peel. But you know what? I'm shouting to God in the parking lot, in my car, when I get home, praising him for being such a great God and showing me a little bit of kindness. It's all all to him. Everything. The taste that we get in America, the flavors that we get to have, the clothes, everything, those are those are his blessings toward us. But then, just because he's great. right? You know, when you read in the Bible, and someone's already reminded me about this at break time today, when I read about Pharaoh in the midst of the Red Sea, and God gives him a little bit of time to think about drowning before he actually drowns, you know what I'm doing. Oh, yes. Punching the air. Because even for this same purpose, if I raise thee up that I might make my name to be exalted in the earth.
3: Amen.
0: In the Burgundy Hymnal,
5: number 483. After this hymn, I'll ask Mark Crosby to come off for prayer. 483, please.
1: All people have-
4: Lord, we want to lift you up today. Yes, yes, Lord. Lord, you're amazing. You're incredible. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Lord, we train with weights so we can lift a few pounds, but you hold all the world in your hands. Lord, we give laborious study so we can retain a few facts, but you know all things. Lord, we have we have cars so we can move around. At any kind of distance, but you are omnipresent. Amen. Lord, we rejoice over a few dollars that we might make, but you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. Lord, we forgive someone and think we've done something really great, but your ways are higher than the heaven is above the earth Amen. in your forgiveness to us. Yes. Amen. Lord, we have a difficult time remembering our family members' names, but you've named all the stars.
1: Amen.
4: Lord, we tremble before earthly kings, but you are the king of kings. Lord, we might live in the most powerful nation on earth, but for you, it's but the dust of the balance. Lord, we rejoice in man's building accomplishments, but you spoke all things into existence. Lord, we are as the grass of the field. Today we are, and tomorrow we'll be cast into the the oven. But you have no beginning, you have no ending, after we're gone, you'll still be here. Amen. Lord, we praise you for all these attributes. Lord, we want to lift you up today. Yes. Please give us grace in your sight that we may praise you for the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: amen. amen.
0: Yes, Lord. Amen. Thank you. What do we celebrate about God? I hope that you've got the, 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 the theme that I want to communicate today, knowing him. That we know him. What if you've been raised in a Muslim country and all you knew was Allah and Muhammad? The Quran and the Suris. Knowing him, it is without a doubt your greatest active blessing that we get to participate in. Thank him for life because you know him. Thank you for existence because you know God. What do we celebrate about God? Well, you just heard it in that prayer. All those different things we can celebrate about God. What about his name? He has a unique name. I am that I am. The Lord Jehovah. We celebrate his attributes. That is in the Knowing God series. God blessed us. I have tried to tell you, God blessed us. Right. In the list of attributes, if you saw the two page and the categorization of the attributes of God that he's revealed to us, it's unique. That's the knowing God sermon series. We want to celebrate his character, his nature, the things about him that he doesn't communicate to us, the things about him that are uniquely his, his goodness. I'm moving on. We want to celebrate his goodness. We want to celebrate his holiness. We worship God in the beauty of holiness, the Bible tells us. We want to celebrate his power, as I have seen in the sanctuary. David mentioned several times. We want to celebrate his works in creation, in providence, in judgments, in deliverances, his salvation. Now unto him that is able to present you faultless before the presence of his glory, with exceeding great joy, to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. That's the last two verses of Jude. That is celebrating salvation. You're going to have exceeding great joy when we participate in salvation and God reveals that we are saved. Our name's in the book of life and Jesus died for us. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. We celebrate God for the word that he gave us. What I preached to you the last four sermons before today, About hell, we would not know about hell were it not for the Bible that God's given us. It reveals the lake of fire to us and warns us about that place and that He will torment men there forever and ever. Psalm 107. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness. And there's all kinds of things in Psalm 107, aren't there? There's sailors at sea, there's the destitute, there's people in all nations that are brought together into one place and given a place of habitation. In Psalm 107, but now, listen, what do we celebrate about God? That He has a Son. That God has a Son. He's our brother. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's the King of the universe. And God is glorified through His Son. Look at John 13. John 13, God is glorified in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the express image of God. When you worship the Lord Jesus Christ and praise Him, you're praising God. Because God in His wisdom and prudence and power designed the Lord Jesus Christ's body. And the Word of God joined itself to that body and that God, man, is a unique creature. Great is the mystery of godliness. God, the one we're worshiping today, was manifest in the flesh. Our brother... We will see him face to face. We will touch him. We will be in heaven with him. He, by his spirit, is walking in this assembly today around the candlestick of this church. And I can't preach on the Lord Jesus. I've done it. The Lord knows I've tried to preach the Lord Jesus Christ to you. But John thirteen thirty one. Therefore, when he was gone out, that's Judas Iscariot leaving the Last Supper, Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. What happens to Jesus? And when Jesus is glorified, it brings glory to God. So when we glorify Jesus Christ, when we celebrate the Lord's Supper next Sunday, we're bringing glory to God because that's his Father. This is a terrible illustration. And I hate illustrations, but when Peyton Manning is honored, do you know who gets honor? Archie Manning gets honor. Right. Because Archie Manning is his father, and Archie Manning did an excellent, outstanding, exceptional, unique job in preparing Peyton Manning to be the quarterback that he was in high school, college, and the NFL, one of the greatest of all time. But this is the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peyton Manning gets lots of honors. Archie Manning won a Heisman Trophy. Archie Manning played in the NFL. But Archie Manning dealt very carefully with his sons, and they were great in their own right. But this is the God of heaven, and when we glorify Jesus Christ, we glorify God, the Father. Amen. Look at John 11. John 11 and verse 4. Jesus is just hearing news that Lazarus is sick. When Jesus heard that, John 11:4, he said. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, is it glory for the Son of God or glory for God? Or yes? Yes is the answer. It's for both. They're two connected together. And God, have I taught you from John chapter 5 that God loves His Son? And when you honor the Son, you honor God. 14, 13. John 14 and verse 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. When we pray and end our prayers with, in Jesus' name, amen, we are glorifying God because that's his Son. And he's in heaven, and when he hears us, and the name of his Son coming off our lips, now can the name of his Son come off our lips and it not mean anything? Yes, like seven gypsies. In Acts chapter 19, it said, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And that devil-possessed man jumped on the seven of them, stripped them naked, and chased them out of the house. Mm -hmm. But when we believe that Jesus is Lord, and we're living like it, and his name comes off our lips, look at the verse. There's a mighty God in heaven, the one that counts and knows the names of all the stars, and has named them and numbered them, and knows them all. That God who knows every detail of your life, Loves it. Did you just hear how they prayed? In Jesus' name, amen. Because you are praying to something unseen. You are praying and asking for something that man can't give you, that only a supernatural being can give you, and you say, in Jesus' name. So we're answering a question. What do we celebrate about God? We started with knowing him, and we end with his son, Jesus Christ. You heard Psalm 45 last week from another young brother in here. Do you remember the last verse of that Psalm? I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. Do you do that? Nothing else you talk about is of any importance at all. Right. How much did you talk about God and Jesus Christ on Thursday, of this past week, on Wednesday, on Friday? I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. You have a handout. We are going to try it right now. It is O for a Thousand Tongues to Sing to an alternate melody. For those of us that went to a certain unusual university, for a thousand tongues to sing.
5: Jim Cutler, please, Jim. Thank you. Almighty God, you revealed yourself to Abraham as Almighty God. Yes. There is none more mighty. Amen. Your power is great, and Lord God, I want to exalt you for that great power. Yes. We get excited about superheroes, which are fictional characters that supposedly have special superpowers, but you sent the Lord Jesus Christ, the captain of Of our salvation, who had power over death, hell, and the grave. We get excited, Lord, about sports, about winners, but we have a winner more triumphant than any because he triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. Father, we get excited about politics because of authority. But they have no authority that does not come from Thee, and none exercise authority like the Lord Jesus Christ, who is King of all the kings of the earth, and Lord of all the lords of the earth. Father, we get excited about military victory, but military victory is just men, violence against men. But You have the power to drop men, both body, soul, and spirit, into hell to burn forever. Lord, that is true military violent power. Father, we want to give you the honor and the glory for your power because you are powerful. You are the almighty God. You are the king of the earth. There is none that can stay your hand, nor say what doest thou. Let the potchards of the earth argue with themselves, Lord, because you have all power and authority over all of us and all of your creation, and this makes you worthy of all majesty and all glory, and all honor, and anything that your potsherds can do to give you honor and glory, even if it means that we are dropped into hell, it is our your righteousness approves very well that we deserve it. Father, thank you for being all-powerful. You are a God that we can glory in, that we can get excited about, and let us be more excited about you than any of these other pitiful things that I have even mentioned. Lord, give us the strength to do so and praise and glory to Jesus Christ, our, our Lord and your Son. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jim. How should we celebrate God? We start
0: with personal devotions, personal activities of devotions to learn of Him and to publish your joy. You've, you've got to start in learning about Him. There's sermon outlines, there's the Bible, there's songs. Crown him with many crowns. Personal testimony. I don't need the melody. I like the melody. Those words. Crown him with many crowns. Does the Bible tell me that he gets many crowns in heaven? The Bible tells me that, so I like to hear those words, those lyrics. You can use anything to stir yourself up about the greatness and the glory of God. We start with personal activities of devotions, songs, the Word of God, sermons, to learn of Him, and then to turn around and tell someone else. Now, I get to do it with the whole church today, and I hope that you're doing it with me to the whole church. The goal is clear. Every member should walk with God and delight in Him daily. And then every member should do something to share their joy and delight in God with others. Mm -hmm. We can have services like this, maybe quarterly, which we have done in various ways, if you'll think about it, just not this format. We've had services similar to this. We want solemn assemblies without contemporary junk music to exalt His truth. We want passionate assemblies where we worship with fervent devotion and joy. We need to have fatted calf feasts, which we have done before and we will do again. And let's remember the Lord's Supper is a feast and celebrate it that way this next Lord's Day. I get you young people on Wednesday evening, 13 years of age and up. You should have heard enough in the last paragraph and already today of what you're going to get on Wednesday night. And it's not going to be chilly at my house. But we want to celebrate more. And so the song that we're going to sing now, and I hope some of our children know this one, is number two in the Burgundy, number two in the Burgundy, we start our celebration by learning about God and then sharing that knowledge with others and promoting it.
5: Number two, please.
1: Come thou, Almighty.
3: father in heaven yes, lord. you've measured out the waters in the hollow of your hand
1: Amen.
3: you've meted out heaven with a span yes you comprehend the dust of the earth in a measure you've weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in the balance yes lord you didn't take any counsel as you did all of this Amen. because you are god That's right. yes, lord. yes lord, lord the nations are but a drop in the bucket And they're counted as a small dust on the balance. Lord, you take up the aisles as a very small thing. Lord, all nations of all time before you are nothing. And they're counted as less than nothing and vanity.
4: That's what
3: we all are, Father, in front of you, the eternal God. Lord, yet you have revealed yourself to us. You have shown us great and wonderful things. Lord, this is not the way it should be, but it's the way that you have treated us. And we praise and we glorify and bless your holy name for that, Father. Yes. Father, Father, you have told us that you are God and there is none else. You're God and there is none like you. Amen. You declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times. Things that are not yet done. Amen. Yes. Saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Amen. Yes. And Father, we want to please you. We know your pleasure will be accomplished no matter what. But, Father, we ask that you would help us so that we can willingly, joyfully yes. give you pleasure.
0: Yes. Yes.
3: We were created for that end. Forgive us, Father, when we have forgotten yes, that. Lord. Yes, but, Lord, help renew the spirit of our mind by your blessed spirit we just sang about so that we can do that, Father, so that we can glorify you for you're worthy of it. Amen. Lord, you know the conversations we've had this day. The fact that if you were to take us to hell, you are worthy of praise, and we should praise you for it. Amen. But Lord, you have so much more in, st- in stock for us, your children. So especially, Lord, we want to praise you and glorify you because you are worthy of it. You are the being that is like, uh, that is unlike any other being. Yeah. There is no being like you. Thank you for the great privilege of knowing you. Be glorified and magnified, Father, throughout us as we lift you up. For it's in the blessed name of the great demonstration in flesh of who you are, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we ask this. Amen. Amen. Who should celebrate God?
0: Pastors. Pastors that are like Moses. I've given you examples of him. David, I've given you examples of him. Paul, I've given you examples of him, should lead their churches to celebrate Jehovah. Fathers like Abraham, Joshua, and Hezekiah, should lead their wives and their children. You promote a God-glorifying and praise environment at home by your leadership as fathers. God said of Abraham, I know him, that he will command his household after him to keep the ways of the Lord. And so I'm going to go ahead and tell him what I'm going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And every father can build at home an environment. A meal is such a great place to sit and talk about God. Abraham and Melchizedek did it over bread and wine at a meal, to, de- to delight in the things that God's given, to bring it to bear to the children that every good thing we have is from a God that is very good. Amen. He's good even to his enemies, whom he will cast into hell. And so you can bring up every subject at a meal about God. The Bible told Moses to tell Israel, when thou sittest in thine house... When thou walkest by the wayside, when thou risest, and when thou liest thyself down at night. Those times you have as a father to infect your children with wanting to praise God. A pencil. Children, who made the pencil? <coughs> and you teach them. Who made the pencil? Man did. Did the pencil come from a tree? Yes. Who made the tree? God did. Right. And teach them to trace everything back to God. Bring up a current event and tell them about what God would rule in that matter and teach them God's law. Teach them God's justice. Teach them God's punishment. Every father can teach your family to have a celebratory attitude toward God and a spirit toward him and an actual practice toward him. Thanksgiving Day should be one of our biggest days of the year because our nation set aside a day to thank God. They don't know how to do it anymore. Most Christians don't know how to do it anymore. But we can maintain the tradition of our nation, which is a biblical tradition, and exalt God for all He has done. But we can also exalt God for being great. You can pull out attributes. And mention them about. Some of them have been mentioned, many of them have been mentioned in this pulpit, in prayers and in other ways, and in some of the songs. Mention his attributes. Make them think about attributes. Mothers, mothers, mothers can create a celebratory spirit in children toward worshiping God. There is hardly a prayer in the Bible that exceeds the prayer of 1 Samuel 2, verses 1 through 10, by Hannah. Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10, is exceptional. She was an exceptional mother. The end of 1 Samuel 1 or 2 tells us that she turned Samuel over to Eli in Shiloh, and we assume It was around five years of age, and he worshiped the Lord there. Mothers, you have more time with your children usually than the father does. What kind of a spirit do they know from you? A nitpicking, complaining, whining, murmuring, criticizing, negative spirit, or one that glorifies God and bounces around that house and is the sunshine of that home. A mother is supposed to be the sunshine of her house. A mother can teach children like Eunice and Lois did, Timothy, so that Timothy was Paul's favorite minister in the New Testament. He said, because I see the faith that is in you, it was first in your grandmother and your mother. Mothers can teach this celebratory attitude. We should celebrate. And we should not let any other church or any other person discourage us. Because conservative churches that believe our doctrine usually don't celebrate anything. So we don't care what they do. David didn't care. If I can convey something about David, David did not worship God according to duty. Duty stinks. Duty does not bless God. It is going beyond duty, above and beyond the call of duty. Have you ever heard that expression? It's going above and beyond. That's why we do some things that are different. When we have people come to visit our church and when I get to a place where they deserve to hear about it and I tell them of our fatted calf feast, that's because we're going to do something that's exceptional. We're not going to meet once a week. Why don't we meet once a month if we're going to meet once a week? So we immediately, years ago, decades ago, Chose to meet, we want to give God more. God said, David, it never entered my mind to have a temple. What in the world are you coming up with this time? You know, the last time you wanted to dance circles around my ark, I was getting dizzy. You went wild. You had 30,000 princes of Israel there just to move my ark. You fed the whole nation. You took the whole nation out to dinner. Where did I ever say you had to do that? Then David, sitting in his house. I want to, Nathan, I want to build God a house. He deserves to have a temple above and beyond. Do you hear me? In your home. Fathers, if you get a raise, what in the world do you do with that? What, what is that triggering you? There should be a celebration at home. Let little Benjamin have a piece of the action. He's sleeping, so don't worry, Daniel, you're safe. Let, let your. Hey, I'll, uh, I'll wake him up. <laughs> you can turn events into celebratory events right. toward God. And everything goes back toward God. Whenever there's, a, whenever there's trouble or a need, let's hit the knees. Let's hold hands right now and pray right now about this. Because there's only one helper for us in the universe, and it's Almighty God. And pray right then. Have some nice meals. For their birthdays? Precious. You think very deep. I'm very proud of you for thinking of their birthday that you're going to make cupcakes with their favorite icing on top. Can you think a little big, big, a little bigger than that? Can you think of something like a loaf of bread, a good piece of flesh, and a flagon of wine? And to celebrate God. Food. Celebrate God. Who should do it? the whole family can do it. Pastors should promote it. Fathers should promote it. Mothers should promote it. David properly dealt with Michael and her profane family trait about celebrating God. Don't ever forget that right. about David. David had a mean side to him as well. His good side was toward the Lord. But when somebody wanted to make fun of worshiping God, you know what he did to Michael. Right. She was single the rest of her life and no, no seed came out of her. She didn't deserve to have a husband that profane, wicked woman for criticizing him when he got home, that daughter of Saul, that whole family deserved to go to hell. Where God has them is between him and them. She wanted to make fun of him for taking off his royal robes and not acting like a king out there in that highway. But she was, he was celebrating God. And he was, so, he was superior to everyone in her family tree in either direction, multiplied and squared. Saul is a castaway and known for that in his whole family compared to David. And I want you all to be like David. So who should celebrate God? Pastors should promote it, fathers, mothers, and we can all do it. Let's teach our children to celebrate as God has shown us by his spirit and his word. That's why we emphasize Thanksgiving Day as a holiday we can be fervent about. And that's why we have praise and thanksgiving services on a regular basis and why the pulpit is open to any man in this church to get in this pulpit and praise God before much people because it says that in the Bible. And 1 Corinthians 14 shows us that the church at Corinth, which was started by the Apostle Paul, there was many participants in that church. All he asked them to do is to do it decently and in order. In your Burgundy Hymnals, number 31, after we sing this hymn,
5: I'll ask my brother James Ballinger to offer prayer. 31.
1: A <laughs> thousand hearts and voices Sound the notes of praise above
7: Heavenly Father, yes, we thank you that you are exactly the way you are. Yes. We thank you that you chose that for yourself, Lord. Mm-hmm. No attribute that you possess was given to you, yet you chose it for yourself. You alone can do this. Right, yes. Lord, you could have chosen to be a God like the one that most, quote, Christians understand a God who was surprised by what happened in the garden and has yes. to scramble to make things right, Lord, but you are not so. That's right. You are sovereign. That's right. Your dominion extends in all directions, Lord. You, you rule over everything. There is none that can stay your hand. Lord, if you set your face and your anger against a person, an army, a group of people, a nation, a family, they can't undo what you can do to Amen. them. Yes. Lord, we think of Pharaoh. We think of Egypt. Lord, you decimated yes, that country right. and gave its wealth over to your people. Amen. Yes. And not only did you do that, but even this day, Lord, that country is nothing.
3: Right.
7: And it extends past there, Lord. There's an entire continent of people who are poor because you made them that way. Lord, what about Germany? There was a time when they looked like they were going to rule all of Europe. Possibly the world. Where are they now, yes. Lord? What about North Korea or anywhere else, Lord? They're impoverished. They have nothing. Right. Lord, we don't know why you've chosen to set your affection so much on America other than it was your good pleasure. Yes. And, and we thank you for that. Lord, when you, uh, conversely, when you decide to preserve No one can undo that as well. Lord, you alone can preserve your word, not only for us, but in spite of us, Lord. Lord, if we were to write something down and pass it around this room, it would change by the time it got to the end. But your word is unchanging. You passed it down for thousands of years and across continents and
0: uh,
7: from clay tablets to being put on paper to... Now we have it in devices in our hand and yes. can have it read aloud to yes. us. You, Lord. Lord, you alone can do this. Mm-hmm. When your son was in a situation that seemed hopeless, when his own disciple sold him out literally to his enemies, Lord, it appeared hopeless, but it was not Amen. because you preserve. Yes.
3: Right.
7: And look at the reward he has and where he sits today. Amen. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for your sovereign will. We thank you that you are a sovereign God and that you have set your affection and love upon us, especially in this church, the the glorious things you've given us, Lord. We pray that today was pleasing to you and that you were honored in it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, James. How can we celebrate God better? It starts in the heart by choosing to set your affection on God and His things first. It then requires drive and discipline to choose activities that we've considered a few of. The Word of God, sermons, getting together like this and talking about it, songs, where you dwell on the lyrics and you just praise God. Bodily action, celebrating Him, telling Him how thankful you are for Him, out loud. It starts in the heart and then it moves outward toward others. It requires your mouth and tongue or fingertips, sometimes with devices that we have to publish praise. It will cost you time, it'll cost you effort, it'll, it could cost you money. But remember David and Arana, which I didn't get to, one of the examples of celebrating God. When that angel sheathed his sword after killing 70,000 Israelite men, David ran to the spot to build an altar. And he offered the man who owned the property to buy it right there, and the, and the man wanted to give it to him. And it says that Arana of the Jebusite conducted himself like a king in the matter. I give it to you, David. And David said, I will never worship God that doesn't cost me. David died a very poor man that way, didn't he?
3: <laughs>
0: Guess again. I will never worship God when it doesn't cost me. Whenever you think about it costing you to do something, like this, do it anyway. God will more than make up for it. It usually involves others, like I read to you from Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continued in my mouth. I will boast, and it will lift up the spirits of the humble. So it starts in the heart. We're answering the question, how can we do it better? Wake up! Awake, my soul, and sing of him who died for thee and hail him as thy matchless king through all eternity. Amen. That's the first verse of crowning with many crowns. It's Ephesians five fourteen. Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Right. That is Ephesians 5. Does chapter 1 say they're elect? Does chapter 2 say that they are regenerated? Does chapter 3 say that they are brought into the commonwealth of Israel? Does chapter 4 exhort them to godly living and that they have... Uh, apostles, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints and yet way over there in chapter 5 awake thou that sleepest do we all admit to each other that about 24 hours out in that world we're going to be asleep toward God again we have to stay awake and we have to help each other stay awake awake my soul and sing (laughs) Only only the Lord and I know what happened in my house a day this past week Because no one else was there. And it was loud. I only have two by six walls. It was loud. Thank you, Lord. I love you for awaking me again. It's a constant struggle with my flesh. Someone wrote me this week from somewhere in the world about falling asleep when they're praying. It's a person that gets up at 3 o'clock in the morning and wants to pray and they just fall asleep. And I wrote them, and I said, you're in good company. You go and read about Peter, James, and John in our Lord's greatest hour of need. He asked them three times to stay awake just for a little period of time, and they couldn't. You're in good company. And then I sent some verses to help encourage them. But wake up. That's what we got to do to celebrate God better. Stop talking about the negative junk in your life of circumstances that you haven't approved. God's approved them. So God's approved the circumstances in your life. Why aren't you approving them? Embrace them. It's just a different way of living. Is the glass half full or half empty? Some of you are half empty people. How long am, how long am I gonna go around complaining because God sawed me off at 5'9? Am I gonna let that ruin everything? That's a serious malfunction. I always plan to be like you, Chris. What are we gonna, am I going to let that bother me? No. Is the glass half full or half empty? It doesn't matter. It's half full, and Lord, what you've given me is wonderful. Right. Every drop of it is wonderful. Stop talking about negative junk. Let's celebrate. He that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. That is what the Bible teaches, and that is how you should live. He hates complainers, murmurers and whiners, because he has given you what you have. You don't like your gene package? I'm sorry. He likes it. He has judged complainers and whiners very seriously. For everything you think is wrong, he has a purpose for his glory in it. That's right. Embrace it. For everything you think is wrong, there are a thousand things right you do not deserve. Why do you mention the one thing wrong when there's a thousand things right that you don't deserve? And what you have wrong, you deserve. You deserve worse than what you have wrong. You deserve to be in hell already. Why can't you see any of this? For everything you think is wrong, it can turn to you profit if you respond rightly. What you think is wrong, if you'll get excited about it because it's God's choice for you, it will turn to your profit. Study God's attributes. How can we celebrate God better? Study his attributes, his character, his works, his will, his word, his son, and his truth. If God never did anything for us personally, he is still the most perfectly glorious being. Use our sermon series, Knowing God, to dig into the details. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. That's why we have services like we do in order to do that. Who's the most blessed person here? Thank you. We got got one.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Everyone in here, should. you can be the most blessed. Why not you? He just got his hand up first. I know. You were going to be second. Music is very stirring. God created it for himself, and the best music glorifies him. Crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne. Hark! Exclamation point. Hark! How the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. If you like any music that isn't glorifying God or the Lamb Christ Jesus, you are sick and twisted. I'm sorry. I'm just not a very nice pastor. But I'm nice toward God. I'm just not nice toward listening to worldly music. Hark, how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. What is that heavenly anthem? Crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne. You know, I've never preached to you against music, have I? We've never had, you know, eight eight Wednesday nights in a row with slides and everything showing the origin of music and back masking and all these devil worshiping rock performers. I haven't gone that route. If you're tempted, if you're tempted by that stuff, I'm eventually going to get you out of this church because you don't belong here. You're not a Christian. You're going to hell. So go somewhere else that plays that stuff for you while you're worshiping Jesus. We want everything to drown out the world's music because you want to give him the glory. I know worldly music. I fed my soul with it at another time in my life. But when crown him with many crowns can have me punching the air or bawling like a baby, I have found a different kind of music from when I just wanted to punch my parents because of the wickedness of that wicked music. All of that was to say, music is stirring and God created it for himself and the best music glorifies him. Do you know your favorite hymns of praise and worship to God? Use them, use them. You have no greater purpose, my brethren, than to celebrate God. There's no greater fulfillment for your personal life than this activity. There's nothing negative about our God. Amen. You can't find any fault with him. It's all perfect. Instead, there's glory and pleasure and motivation for truth. Passion crushes duty, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Jacob gladly waited seven years for Rachel because of the love he had to her. The love of Christ constraineth me, Paul said. David always did more than mere duty or what was expected. He had great passion and showed it. How much do you fear God, delight in him, and love him? How much do you want to celebrate him? Your purpose is him. Your only pleasure is only found in him. He will soon ask why you neglected him. He will soon ask why you neglected him and got caught up in the junk and soap bubbles of this life. Let your legacy be he delighted in God above all others. She delighted in God above all others. There is no higher achievement for us. Stand with me.